Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for tuning back into another segment. With me today is a very special guest by the name of Christian Espinoza. And let me tell you a little bit more about Christian so you can begin to connect the dots. Here we go. Christian Espinoza is the best-selling author of The Smartest Person in the Room an entrepreneur and founder of Alpine Security, a white hat hacker, certified high performance coach and lover of heavy metal music and spicy food. He is also an Air Force veteran and Ironman triathlete. Christian used to value being the smartest person in the room until he realized that his greatest contribution to humanity, leadership, and the fight against cybercrime is his ability to bring awareness and simple solutions to challenges associated with high IQ and low EQ staff. So without further ado, please welcome the man behind it all, Christian Espinoza. <laughs> well, thank you for the uh, very nice introduction to this. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Christian. And today we're going to be talking about the work that you're doing. So cybersecurity, which is a hot topic right now because so many companies have learned from poor planning and it bit them in the butt. And then we're also going to talk about your book. But before we dive in, Christian, I definitely want to give you a chance to connect with the audience in a fun and personal way. And since you've done your homework, you should know what's next. So we could do a rapid fire 10 question game emphasis on rapid or we can do an icebreaker what are you in the mood for rapid fire <laughs> <laughs> okay here we go we're playing <laughs> we're playing rapid fire with christian and genesis do 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 question number one what prompted you to become an author I felt like I had something to contribute to uh, help people avoid paying the dumb tax that I had to pay. And I wanted to help my industry uh, as well, because I think the biggest challenge of my industry is actually a lack of people skills and a lack of technology or lack of frameworks. Question two, favorite color? Blue. Question three, if you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, where would you be headed? Alaska. Question four. If you could have a lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be and why? Oprah Winfrey, uh, because I, I think she's done a lot of great things in her life. And I like her saying, uh, turn your wounds into wisdom as well. I think that's brilliant. Awesome. Question five. Would you rather a dream car, dream home, or hell, let's go big and have both? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather have both. <laughs> okay, question six. What is one quote or mantra you live by that keeps you pumped up and motivated? Uh, I think I would say anything is possible. It's the, the 
sort of the tagline for Ironman triathlon. And I, I believe that in life as well. If we really want to do something, we just have to focus on it and we can accomplish it. Accomplish it. And I think we, uh, we tend to overestimate what we can do in a year, but underestimate what we can do in three years. So that combined with the tagline is perfect. Love it. Seven, name one crazy thing that you have done in your life that built character. I skydived out of a hot air balloon at a low altitude. Wow. Okay. Hey, what is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Strong coffee. <laughs> Question eight, favorite food? I like spicy food. Uh, favorite food, I would say, is probably Vietnamese food or Ooh. steak. Steak. I like, I, I eat a lot. Of, I like steak as well. Yeah. Okay. You have me at Vietnamese. And I, like I think Vietnamese I. Too. <laughs> I think I actually butchered myself there. So I think we were on nine. So 10, keep me honest here. 10, it is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I'll play, yeah. Okay, last question. You get three random acts of kindness per day. What are your three for today? Give someone a ride that needs a ride somewhere. Uh, my neighbor actually just did that this morning for um, my girlfriend. <laughs> we had an issue with the car, so I'd like to repay that. Uh, give someone a copy of my book for free as well. And give someone access to my course for free because I think that will help them become a better human being. Yeah. Amazing. And thank you for playing rapid fire, Christian. Audience, I hope you learned a little bit more about Christian to connect the dots. Now we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes. I call it that because I'm a Southern belle and I love to eat. <laughs> so the meat and potatoes of our conversation today is cybersecurity and Christian's book. How he wrote his book, what got him involved in the cybersecurity work, and how he is putting content out in the world to make sure that other people don't repeat his mistakes. So let's dive in, Christian. So right. cybersecurity, what is sexy about cybersecurity to you? <laughs> uh, well, what I thought was sexy about it was penetration testing or ethical hacking or white hat hacking. That's uh, primarily what I focused on in my career uh, because it's, it's, challenging to try to break into someone's systems uh, technically and then also there's a, like the social engineering component where you know you come up with a story and pretend you're somebody else and try to get into a facility so but you do it ethically right so that there's a lot of um challenge with that and a lot of creativity involved and i think that's why i find it appealing and that's the aspect of cybersecurity i like and then i started running my business so i did less of the operator work and more of the you know owning the business type of work Super cool. And then for white hacking, would that definition be exactly what you just described? Yeah, that's a white hat hacking. White hat hackers are the good guys. Black hat hackers are the bad guys. And gray hat hackers are somewhere in the middle. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I used to work um, in oil and gas for 12 years for a Fortune 500 company that I will not name in this interview. And we had to take a lot of cybersecurity um, courses because whenever you work for a large company, as I did, and especially a Fortune 500 company with a lot of international ties and 
all of that stuff, you definitely had to make sure that your checks and balances were in place when it came to cybersecurity. And they would send out these little phishing attempts, um, the IT department. And if you mm. clicked on it and you failed the phishing attempt, you could actually lose internet privileges for a while. And who knows, wow. it's hard to do your job if you don't have internet access, right? Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. I know a lot of people just give you a warning, but actually lose the internet access is a, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, I think they did a warning, then you would lose internet access. And then the rest, I think you were either out the door, I never wanted to be the one to like fail one of those. So I was like, Oh, no, <laughs> I always paid attention to <laughs> hyperlinks and all that good stuff. So with the book, and you taking the knowledge that you acquired in the field, and then just by um, training and other things that you've done, what made you say, hey, I'm going to write a book to share my knowledge, my expertise, and et cetera? It was a moment where I was getting debriefed by one of my super smart, highly technical engineers. And he was debriefing me on how a re report review session went with a client. And and he kept saying that the client just didn't get it, meaning the client didn't understand the risk we were trying to convey, their vulnerabilities, and how to fix the items we identified. And for some reason, that struck me very differently, maybe because I was the owner of the business. It was, you know, I funded the business myself. But I was like, our clients need to get it. And this is a problem when I, when I, when I heard that in that context, I kind of like looked back at my whole career, and I realized this is a problem in the industry. You know, cybersecurity professionals like to talk over people's head. They want to posture me. The smartest person in the room is the title of my book. Uh, and if that's your identity, then you do things to try to be smarter than other people, like make sure they don't understand what you're talking about. So I figured if I can fix this challenge in my company by adding some emotional intelligence to the already super high IQ individuals in my company, then it would really add uh, the personal touch and customer experience and client experience back into uh my cybersecurity company. So that's what I focused on for several years, but really about five years. Uh, and what worked is what I ended up putting in the book. Um, and what, you know, obviously what didn't work, I didn't include in the book, but that's, that's the source of um, my book. Yeah. The material, my journey so you, with my company. Yeah. You said something powerful there. You said a lot of powerful things, but one thing that stood out <laughs> to me was the fact that you put in your book what worked, but you left out what didn't work. And my question to you there is why didn't you include what didn't work? Because I feel like someone could learn from what didn't work from you in case they're thinking about doing it and they could have an aha moment where they reinvent the wheel or pivot from that because yeah. we can always learn from other people's mistakes or you know the struggles. Yeah, good point. I have seven steps in the book, which I believe work. I do have a few things in there that didn't work. Primarily what didn't work, and I did do talk about this in the book, is one of the things I struggle with is I, I, I used to think, because I believe in ownership and as a leader, that I should be able to shift somebody from point A to point B and help them move forward in life. And I realized, and I, I do write about this in the book, that not everybody – wants to move forward or move a certain direction or grow a certain way. Not everybody has a growth mindset. Uh, so one of the mistakes I made, and I do talk about that, is trying to get someone to change to become a leader in the company because they said they wanted to change, but they wouldn't take the steps. Uh, and I kept getting frustrated and kept trying to help them, but 
the bottom line is people have to be willing to to help themselves before anyone else can help them and i do talk about that aspect in the book so you know there are some things in there that i talk about that i didn't quite work or i struggle with figuring out and i wrote about my journey through that struggle and that's that's one example Okay, perfect. And thank you for elaborating on that, because I know that's going to resonate with someone who may be like, well, why didn't he include that? So whenever you think about cybersecurity as a whole, and you think about whenever you went from being an employee to being a business owner, what are some of the things that made you cross over from the employee bucket to the business owner bucket, where you're actually taking control of the work that is being done? I had a run-in with a, my CEO. I was a VP of a company, and I had a run-in with the CEO. We were just weren't seeing eye to eye, and it was like mentally uh, and emotionally stressing me out. Uh, you know, I couldn't sleep. I had a lot of issues with it, so I just decided to quit uh, without having another job lined up. And that's the first time I'd ever done something like that. And it didn't matter how much money they would have offered me. My my sanity was worth more than the money. And when I quit, I thought, now is an opportunity to do something different. Maybe this happened for a reason. And I thought, okay, I've got enough contacts. Let me try to do freelance work. So I did freelance work for about five years. And then I got bored with freelance work. I thought, I'm not really growing. This is mundane, routine. I'm making a lot of money, but it's kind of like the same thing over and over. So I thought, if I started a company, it'll force me to grow. It'll allow me to hire people and contribute in a greater way than just you know myself. And that's, that's sort of the, the steps that I took to form my own company and grow my own company. Mm, I like that because I feel like based on the times that we're in right now, people have heard it coined as a great resignation or the quiet leave or the quiet fire. And I feel like the pandemic has woken some people up because it has taught us that, hey, the same work that we're doing in a brick and mortar business and just going into the office, we could actually do that at home and spend more time with those we love and et cetera, or we've seen more value in ourselves as individuals. And there's so many other things here. So to hear you say that for your sanity you chose to leave but you didn't necessarily have something lined up but you took a risk on yourself and you bet on yourself and then now here we are today so that's incredible and i think that inspiration that motivation is going to cause someone to get off their buttocks and do something new and the other thing i want to tie into this conversation since it is about your book as well as cybersecurity is that to really break down cybersecurity because not only do we need cybersecurity in a professional standpoint we also need it in a personal standpoint because these scammers are getting more tactful and they're sending text messages out you're getting phishing emails you're getting these robocalls so many things and i feel like the elderly people which my mom's age i guess the baby boomers or let me just say season in case my mom listens to this episode, <laughs> the season folks, sometimes they are preyed upon by some of these hackers out there because now it's so advanced. So can you tell someone that is listening or viewing this video, what are some things for them to be cognizant about whenever they're thinking about cybersecurity as a whole? So, cybersecurity is a massive topic. I think a few things people need to, to try to do whenever possible. Uh, number one is enable what's called multi-factor authentication on all of your systems. So when you log on, you don't, you don't, you don't just log on with the username and password. You also have 
a text message sent to your phone or you know something sent to an authenticator app. Uh, I think that is like one of the best things people can do because even if their email is compromised, which once you get someone's email, you have like the keys to the kingdom really because you can just go reset all their passwords typically. But once you have um, the multi-factor authentication in, it, it prevents someone from being easily able to uh, compromise your email. If they steal your password, it doesn't matter. They also have to have your phone typically. So that that is the one thing. Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask a question there. So with the multi-factor um, identicator or authenticator, uh, what do you feel about biometrics there? Because now some of the smartphones, yes, you can have your username and password, but it also asks you if you want to put your fingerprinted. Is that secure or do you still need to have like maybe the biometrics and the two-step um, identification identificator slash authenticator? I am not a huge fan of the biometrics on phones. I, I just use a, uh, a fidget pen on my phone, um, and that's it. I know a, a couple days ago, and I thought phones had gotten better at this. You know, there, there's the facial recognition phones have uh, iPhones, and my girlfriend's a friend of hers was suspect that her husband was cheating on her, and. She's like, I can't get into his phone. And my girlfriend said, well, just show, put a picture of him in front of the phone. I'm like, that's not going to work. But uh, it ended up working, actually. She was able to get in the phone. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I'm not going to go down Mari, Mari Lane because I was going to say, did she find out any information? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little side joke, y'all. So two-step um, identica identicator, is that what it's called, or authenticator? Um two-factor authentication so okay. there's two different factors involved with authentication you know something you have which is your phone and something you know which is your password okay perfect so that's one tip what what are two other tips that we can take away awareness is a good tip like you know don't click on links uh if it sounds too good to be true it probably is people send you links through text messages now and through uh, obviously phishing emails so just be very careful before you click on a link. Uh, and the other thing is to make sure you patch your systems. Like if there's an update for your phone, make sure you update your phone. On your laptop or your computer, make sure you update the operating system, Windows or or Apple and the iOS. And then make sure you also update the applications because the way an attacker gets in is through a vulnerability typically. And if you keep your system's patched and up to date and you do the multi-factor authentication or the two-factor authentication and you avoid clicking on those links, you really reduce your risk uh, to a pretty low point, in my opinion. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And one thing that I'll add about links that I've learned from my experience in corporate America. So if you get an email and it's asking you to click on that link, and if you can't see what the full link is, you can hover over the hyperlink and at the bottom, it'll show you the full link where that um, link is actually taking you. And then look at the actual domain and look if it's .gov, .net, .com, uh, .com, go to the left of that and see where it's taking where it's taking you to see if it's actually taking you to that specific um, site. Because if not, you'll see something misspelled. You'll see like something out of the ordinary or et cetera. And if you do see that, that should be a 
red flag that it's actually not taking you to that authentic domain. It's taking you to a site that looks identical to that specific domain. Mm -hmm. And so you could easily go in to your email um, hosting site and mark that as phishing, depending if you have Gmail or whatnot, or you could just mark it as blocked or spam. But I would encourage you to mark it as phishing so that whole site knows that this particular domain site is trying to attempt to get um, information from different users. So that's one tip that I learned from this Fortune 500 company I worked at. Yeah, that's a very good tip. And then based on um, that tip and the three tips that you shared, Christian, is there anything else that um, you want the audience to be privy of? In terms of cybersecurity? Yeah, in terms of cybersecurity or your book as a whole. Uh, in terms of cybersecurity, I, I think a lot of people th assume they're not going to be a target. Uh, the cyber criminals, uh, they do massive campaigns, and whoever clicks on something or whoever falls for something is going to be the target. So don't make the assumption that you've got nothing to steal or you're not a target because they'll you know, do the three things we mentioned because someone can still get in and, and exploit you in some capacity. Uh, with my book... Uh, my book is really a personal development book, I would say, uh, in the context of cybersecurity. Uh, it's trying to bring emotional intelligence to an industry filled with super brilliant, high rationally intelligent or high IQ individuals that are often lacking that EQ or the emotional intelligence. So I feel like if you are super smart technically or you have a super high IQ, but you've ignored, uh, and I think in society we sort of stereotype geeks and and people without people skills if you've ignored the people skills it's really going to hold you back you're under a glass ceiling and you may not even realize it yeah i could definitely see that i am a supply chain and logistics person by trade but i've worked with a lot of engineers and sometimes those engineers they do lack you know the people skills and they see it like one-sided when it actually it's multi-sided and mm -hmm. then you begin to see a clash of personalities so what has helped me moved up in the corporate ranks was actually having personality assessments done whether it was myers-briggs whether mm -hmm. it was clifton strength or whatever so we as a team and an individual can know how to interact with one another based on how you rank person personality wise and that actually saved us a tremendous life because yes, I'm very blunt and direct. And I guess it's because I worked in a male dominated field for 12 years as oil and gas. And you better have some tough skin if you're running million dollar wells a day. Um, right. <laughs> and so, but then having that personality and meshed up with someone who is maybe an introvert versus an extrovert, you could mm -hmm. definitely ruffle feathers and they may see you as rude, arrogant, snobby, the B word or whatever the case may be. So you have to kind of soften your tone a little bit to kind of mesh there without necessarily lowering yourself to where you feel as you're a doormat and you're not seen and heard. And this is just from a woman's perspective and just my opinion. So take it how you want to take it audience. But Christian, do you want to comment on anything that I just said? I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, in, the, in my book, I talked to Enneagram. It's a, a personality assessment, and it tells you kind of how you view yourself and how the rest of the world views you. So I think it's good from a self-awareness perspective to take these assessments. There's there's a free one on 16personalities.com you can take, and I, I recommend it. It's They're not all perfect or anything, but they give you an idea and some insight into your own behavior. And like you said, 
Genesis is how, like, if you're direct and I'm not direct, uh, you know, and we don't adjust how we communicate, then we're going to have some friction there. So I think it's important to understand your own strengths and, and how you're perceived and how you perceive yourself. And, and those personality assessments will help with that. Amazing. So audience, what we're going to do now is jump into the CTA, which is the call to action. And this is going to be Christian's call to action for you today. So Christian, let them know what your call to action is. Two things. Uh, one is uh, purchase my book. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. It's also on Audible. Uh, I think, uh, you know, my book is, like I said, it's really a, a personal development book. I've done a lot of personal development in my life. And a lot of the stuff comes out in there, like how to improve your communication skills, how to monotask instead of multitask, and things that will help you be a better human being, basically. Uh, that, and then I also have a course that's aligned with my book uh, that, that's accessible through my website. And what is your website, Christian? So the audience could check out your website and all the other things you have going on. My website is christianespinoza.com. Just my name, and I'm all on all social media as well. Even I just joined TikTok not too long ago, so I'm even on TikTok. Amazing! So there you have it, audience. I want you to take something that you learn from this segment and build upon it, as well as share it with someone else that needs this information to help them grow personally or professionally. Don't forget to like, comment follow and subscribe gems podcast we're on 40 plus platforms audio and we also have the video component on our youtube channel and you can find that by going to gems with genesis amaris camp for more info and i am looking for brand sponsors if that is you and you want to have your products and services ranked right here where this show is currently in the top two percent globally please reach out to me and you can send me an email by going at gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp at gmail.com. And it's easy to remember because it's the full name of the, of the show at gmail.com. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Take a risk and step outside of that box because you weren't born in a box. So you shouldn't allow other people to place you one. And that's a quote by me. Peace, y'all. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS. G-E-M-S with W-I-T-H Genesis G-E-N-E-S-I-S Amaris A-M-A-R-I-S Kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.